Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. start um, sharing this morning, I felt it would be good just to, um, I just felt a prompting from the Lord that um, to just release a word. And, and for some of you, you'll just receive this if it's for you and if it's not, it's okay. But I felt him just impress upon me that there are a number of people here this morning and I know even in the last season in, in, at, at Harvest here, I've noticed this, that there's uh, a large number of people who have either been in ministry or have been seasoned in ministry. Um, and for some reason, uh, the Lord has either moved you on or taken you to different places. And I just felt a prompting from the Lord to remind you that he hasn't finished with you and that there's more to be done. There's more for you to do in the kingdom. And that a lot of that seasoning and a lot of that freshening and that even that crushing of the grapes of your life has been for a reason. And it's been so that good wine can be poured out of you. It's not so that you get forgotten about into a distant place and all of that was just good memories. But to even recount some of the memories because he's going to do a new thing in your life and he's going to bring about fresh, fresh manner out of your life that looks different, it sounds different because it's going to be of his spirit. So begin to stir up some of those things and I believe that's an encouragement to a number of you guys who have been seasoned in life and in the Lord uh, to... Don't forget his call on your life. Don't forget his gifting on your life because he's got good things ahead of you. And, um, and hey, that sounds good to me. Let me pray before I start. Lord, we just thank you this morning that you're here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We ask that you would release the presence of God, your word, your truth, your life this morning. And we thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. And we pray that you would speak to us and that you would move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read from the book of Daniel chapter 2. So if you just want to turn there, Daniel chapter 2. And today I want to speak about transforming, not conforming. Transforming, not conforming. They're two different things, but they can look a little bit similar. But I want to really bring out of the life of Daniel a little bit of a lesson that I've been reading through lately. And I've just realized that Daniel was such a, a great young man of God. And he's a great example to us in all generations about what will happen with someone who will consecrate and give their life wholly to the Lord. He can do incredible things. He can promote someone overnight if we're consecrated to the Lord. Daniel chapter 2, I'm just going to skip around a little bit, so try and stay with me. I'm reading from verse 1. Now, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and in his spirit was troubled, and his sleep had left him. 
Then the king gave orders to call the magicians, conjurers, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. The king said to him, I had a dream and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. And then we're going to go on to verse 12 because most of you know the story that he was very, very frustrated and he, he called the magicians and basically the spiritists of the, of, the, uh, of the region to come and help him get out of his bind that he was in because he needed some kind of supernatural wisdom or help. So we'll pick it up at verse 12. Because of this, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. That's because they couldn't answer what his dream was or what it meant. And so the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Ariok, the captain of the king's bodyguard which had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Ariok, the king's commander, For what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Ariok informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him more time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah about the matter so they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning his mystery so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed and the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision and Daniel blessed the God of heaven and he prays a big prayer and declares that God has shown him what the dream was and what it meant. And most of you will know the story goes that Daniel then goes into King Nebuchadnezzar. He not only reveals the actual dream. I mean, it's, it's quite incredible, isn't it, that someone might actually know without any grounding or any information what that dream was and then the interpretation of the dream. And here we have a great example of what it is to be positioned in the right place at the right time. But God had been preparing Daniel and his life in the closet with Jesus, with the king, in the sense of knowing the Lord, knowing the voice of the Lord, comes to the fore in his life. And this is what God does, doesn't he? He, he prepares us for so long that sometimes we're stretched to the point of breaking or giving up. But just at the point of giving up, he then brings an opportunity along where all of those months and years with the Lord in a place where no one's seen and no one's heard of us, all of a sudden we get promoted to a place where we could never have otherwise because of that time with him. And it's that seasoning. It's that seasoning. And I think the life of Daniel is such a great example of someone who is faithful in the natural and in the spiritual realm. And when we're faithful in both realms, when we look, he looked after himself even in his health, didn't he? Because after that, he says to the king, no, we only want to eat fruit and vegetables and we want to look after ourselves in our body. We want to be sharp in the spirit as well. And it's a great example of a young man who consecrated his life to the Lord and was used in an incredible way. And it's a, it's a challenge as well to us, I believe, to be people who can answer the world's problems. As you'll know, the world has a lot of significant issues right now. I don't listen to a lot that the mainstream media says because I don't believe most of it. And I'm sure a lot of you are the same. It's just like waffle and there's so much agenda and so much bias. 
But what I do listen to, I, I listen and I filter through the Bible. I filter through the Holy Spirit. I filter through different influences that I seek out that I believe is truth. And, and then I come to a position where I have an opinion on something. And I'm much slower to have opinions nowadays than I used to be. I don't know what I'm going to be like when I'm 85. I'll probably have no opinions because I'm just getting slower and slower and slower on shooting my opinions out there. We, we met with some pastors in Darwin and, and asked some questions on what should we do, what should we do, and we both sort of looked at each other and went, I don't know. You know, but if, if that were 10 or 15 years ago, oh, you should really do this and read this book and study, go to this conference and do this, and now we're just like, well, you know, God's got to have his way, doesn't he? So it's, it's got to be something really good for us to give an opinion on it. But in the world today, it's turmoil. It's turmoil out there. And basically, if you look at the West, it's the left politics versus the right politics. And, and then there's a mishmash somewhere in between. But hey, Kanye West has come out and supporting some conservative causes. So and those of you who don't know who Kanye is, well, that's okay. But, but God will use interesting people. I mean, it's just incredible who he'll use. But when we look at our world, it is crying out for Daniels, isn't it? I know most of us have heard that kind of saying before and we can leave here going, well, it's, it's all well and good, but I don't have supernatural dreams and I haven't got a position with the president or the prime minister or even, you know, the mayor or anything like that. But God is, I believe, he wants to give us small opportunities to lead us to big opportunities. And if we do really well at the small opportunities, he'll give us bigger opportunities. Daniel is a real highlight example, but I'm sure Daniel for years had, had little opportunities that we haven't heard about. Little opportunities. How, how did he know to be so crisp in his faith? How did he know that God would answer in that exact way? How did he know these things? Probably from a practiced life with the Lord. A practiced life with the Lord. It probably didn't just come out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's in this deep place with the Lord where he knows his voice. No, it's probably been years of hearing the Lord and trusting the Lord in areas that we've never heard about. And this is what he wants to do with you and me. In that quiet place, in that place where no one's seeing us, no one knows we're praying or no one knows we're seeking the Lord in various areas. That's the training ground for the promotion. That's the training ground for the breakthrough. That's the training ground for the the bigger stuff, the stuff that he really wants to release. Transforming is a big word, and it's one of those things that um, we hear a lot about these days, but I want to just share a little bit on the difference between transforming and conforming. Today's modern church, a lot of what we do, we will in a way try and conform to a culture that's relevant to us so that our generation and our communities around us actually, you know, know who we are. Um, if we just, if we're stuck out, you know, in the 80s and if we just do everything the way it was done then, well, what made that so holy? Well, it's not holy now. It's, it's got to be God, his presence, which is current. And so the, these things, it's, it's often said, oh, I wish we just did it the way we used to do it. And, and that's okay. But what happens in 20 years' time? Do we do it the way we're doing it now? So there's always a progression, isn't there, in culture? There's always a moving on in culture, and nothing's really right and nothing's really wrong. But we try and make things as reasonable and as conforming, if you like, so that our culture and our community actually understands who we are. 
And this is an interesting tightrope because if we conform too much, we can distill down and dilute down our message and the person and the presence of God so much that we actually forget what it's all about. And it's a challenge in modern church, and, and uh, I find myself talking to a lot of people about this and other pastors about this, if this tension of conforming but not losing the power, not losing the power of the gospel, not losing the presence of God. And uh, to, to be honest, all the pastors we talk to about this hunger and thirst for a move of God just like they did, you know, any time in their life. But there's different ways and methods now that we can begin to think that conforming to culture so much so will actually bring the breakthrough. But here's a saying that I've been listening to a, a guy, his name is Lance Wall now, and he's a business slash preacher. And, uh, and I've been listening to him lately, and one of his sayings is that... Um, Transformation or reformation is the ugly sister of revival. If you think about that for a minute, if you've ever read about the reformation under Martin Luther, it was, it was mayhem. Years and years and years and years and years of mayhem. Churches burnt down. People killed. People burnt. I mean, it was confusing. If, if I ever led a movement like that, Jesus, please help me. But, I mean, you need so much wisdom so much wisdom to be a reformer, so much wisdom to be a transformer, because it's often not nice. When we're transforming something, sometimes it has to be dug up first. If you've ever been into gardening, you'll know that as the seasons change, to plant the new seeds or the new seedlings, you have to dig up all the old stuff for the new to be planted so that it plants well. You get rid of all the old stuff. That's reformation. That's transformation. Sometimes he will have to do a work of plowing before he sows the fresh thing. And this is one of those things that if we just stay in a mindset of receiving uh, of God and in a, in a revival season, it can be an amazing time where God's spirit is poured out and he's pouring out so that we can be people of transformation, so that we are transformed and so that our community is transformed. We, um, when we owned our pipe factory, we used to have these uh, a quality assurance manager and they're like the Nazis. They walk around quality assurance people. Anyway, if you've worked in a factory or business, you'll know this quality, quality managers that like, have like white lab coats with a pencil in their top pocket. Normally they like having glasses because it's kind of intimidating. And they walk around finding errors around the place. They love to find problems. In fact, their job is to find problems. And so um, the more problems they find, the better they feel about their day. Isn't that an interesting job? But that's what quality managers... I'm sorry, if you're a quality manager, I hired a lot of quality managers and I, I love them and promoted them and blessed them. So bear with me. But anyway, we, we, they produced this report called a non-conforming report. Non-conforming report. So any pipe that came through our factory that didn't look right, sound right, smell right, feel right, and, and wasn't of the right uh, engineering structure, then it would get a non-conforming report and it would go out to the non-conforming pile. This is sometimes what we can feel like if we don't quite fit. If we don't quite fit, we feel like we've been put on the non-conforming pile. 
All we need is the anointing of God in our lives to run in our gifting, in our lane, not in anyone else's. All of a sudden, we become conforming to the kingdom. Maybe not conforming to the world. I mean, there's some crazy people out there who don't conform to anything, but God uses them and He promotes them and He blesses them because they're conforming to His kingdom, to His standards. So if you don't meet up with today's standards or you don't know all the latest stuff, it's okay. If you don't know how to floss, it's okay. <laughs> I say that because I've, this week I've learned how to floss, Okay. And, and I'm quite proud of myself. If you don't know what it is, look it up on YouTube. Uh, I'm not going to give you a demonstration, guys, okay? Anyway, conforming. It's such a huge thing today. Do you conform? Do you fit in? Do you say the right things? Do you look right? Do you sound right? It's a huge thing. But we're actually called to conform to his kingdom and then we'll be transforming people. We'll be transformed ourselves. It's the big issue with the church these days is it's so easy to say stuff and, and to judge and to put stuff out there. But we need to make sure that our own heart is right. We need to be transformed before we try transforming anyone else. And when we make sure that we're transformed, then we can offer solutions to the world's problems. If it's the other way around, it's missing the main ingredient, isn't it? And that's, that's what some people get hung up with, is that uh, hypocritical area of Christianity. Perhaps when we like to say we do this and say you shouldn't do that and you shouldn't do that, but our own lives are lacking in a certain area. I think in Daniel's situation, there were three areas that I can see that we can apply to our lives that are very practical but we can be solution providers to people around us. I used to love, in fact, I still love them, but particularly when we had our business, people who would just come up with solutions, they're like a godsend. They're just like a breath of fresh air because you, you have the, the guys walking around and the, the lab coat's finding all the problems, but someone else who can come up with the solution, oh, my goodness. It's like if we can be like that as believers solution people, solution people, people of kingdom solutions. We don't just have to conform and say what everyone else is saying, but we can actually be reformers. Now, don't always expect a loving response because remember, Reformation is the ugly sister of revival. In revival, the, the presence of God falls. Everyone gets blasted in his presence and laughing and his power is released and it's joyful and it's incredible. But then comes transformation and reformation in our lives. And that's when we deal with the heart stuff. That's when we get rid of any judgments and bitterness and any unforgiveness. That's where we rip away, rip away things, where things are plowed up in our life. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? But it's a good process because it's the kingdom of God. He wants to grow you so big that people come and pick your fruit. People come and eat of the fruit that you're giving off because of the kingdom of God inside of you. Doesn't that sound good? Wouldn't it be amazing if even this week, if God revealed to us an upgrade of what it is to live as people who transform ourselves and the region around us. It may start with just one conversation, one conversation, one little conversation with someone who maybe has a problem or maybe they're negative or maybe they have depression or maybe they just have some area of their life where you can be the reformation for them. 
Because sometimes it starts small. I mean, even in Martin Luther, there'd been people over the previous 100 or 200 years who just had a thought of reformation. They had a thought of reformation, of something new, of, a, of, a, of God's freedom and his faith being released. But Martin Luther then took it the next step just with a thought. He began writing stuff down, researching scripture. And that's how reformation begins. Transformation will look different than conforming, but it, its fruit will be so much greater. Transforming, transforming. If I think about it in our lives, there's so many of us who have been called to speak out about things in it, maybe in a little way. You don't have to, you know, declare it from the, the rooftops, but just in the little influences that he gives us to be that transforming voice into the atmosphere, into the atmosphere of a situation. And it's got a sharp edge to it. The thing about the prophetic is the prophetic can see things in advance or it hears the word of the Lord for now and it declares it, but it can be like a double-edged sword. So it cuts through into truth, but some people might not like it when it cuts through. That's the same with transforming. It's a double-edged sword. But we are called to be a people who transform. We are called to be a people who will actually bring salt and light into the atmosphere. We on our health journey have learnt the health benefits of Himalayan salt. And we use um, shovel loads of Himalayan salt these days in everything. In our baths, we have Himalayan salt on everything. And we barely have a meal without that stuff. In fact, if we don't have it in something, it's like, can we please put some salt in this? Because salt is so powerful. It's such a powerful flavor that once you get used to it, you need more of it. And Himalayan's good for you, okay? Don't worry about all the blood pressure stuff. That's the purified, refined, white, rubbish stuff. But when we, when we get a taste for it, when we actually... Yeah, you, you do your research on it. It's okay. Not now, but later. This is what we're to be like. Even in a little grain or in a whole lot, people who are anointed to transform our communities. If we begin dreaming about what it looks like to... Rob, I've got to say, I've just got to... I know Karen prophesied to you a few weeks ago, but you're a little prophetic magnet at the moment. And actually, I mean that, that you're in a season, but... And I know, I know your sons, so I'll just declare my hand. I know your sons, but I sense that in the next six to 12 months, they are going to come to you and ask you some very poignant questions and you're not going to have to do anything. They're coming to you. It's like redemption is coming to you. And I just feel his, his hand on that, okay? It's dangerous doing that because I always forget where I was going after that, but I just, I just feel that, right? So, um, yeah, actually, while I'm on that, Darren and Juliet... Um, <laughs> You guys, were you look at Googling? Were you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys are, are, are faithful. And I want to commend you for your faithfulness. And uh, I believe the Lord commends you for your faithfulness. And that inner cry that you guys have, that inner cry for more, that it's almost, uh, I, I just feel from him, it's almost been, I mean, through all the stuff, the life stuff, it's almost been too hard. 
but it's, it's similar with, with Rob. There's a redemption of that coming to you guys. There's a fresh redemption. And you're not going to need to work it up or try, but there's just a fresh anointing coming to you guys, fresh relational anointing. And, um, and he's, he's going to come to you in some fresh ways, I believe, in the next three months. And I know this is a busy three months for you guys, but I think you can expect some blessings, which is not, you've already been blessed in some practical ways, but spiritually, spiritually, I think there's going to be a supernatural peace that comes upon both of you in your sleep. There's going to be a supernatural peace that comes upon you in, in, in here, in here, um, and I don't quite know what that means, but, but he's just going to give you a rest and an assurance that he's with you and, and begin speaking to you about some things coming up. So, Lord, we just bless that in these guys in Jesus' name. Mm. Maybe that means it's time to finish or something. I don't know. Um, Yeah, here's what, I'll, here's what I'll finish on. The life of Daniel, I believe, is a real encouragement, but it's also a challenge. It's a challenge, challenge to all of us. It's a challenge to the young generation. Daniel's one that we can look to, a young man who consecrated his life to the Lord. Do you know what? Daniel was selected by Nebuchadnezzar because he was so good-looking. Now, I'm not saying we have to go out and get plastic surgery. But what I'm saying is that he could have conformed very, very easily to the society around him. He could have had girlfriends. He could have gone and done all that stuff because he was selected as the cream of the crop. I mean, this guy was the Justin Bieber of the bunch. He was eating a bit. He probably could sing as well, you know. I don't know. But he, he, was, he was an amazing young man. And so were his three friends as well, all selected. But they believed in God and they consecrated their life. And so not only did God give them blessings in the natural, supernatural health and, and abilities, but supernaturally he endowed them with great wisdom, so much so that as a young man, Nebuchadnezzar was baffled at the wisdom and said, I haven't got this kind of wisdom from anyone else, anyone else in the region. Consecration to the Lord will do incredible things. And if we consecrate ourselves to the Lord in whatever area of life we have, maybe it's looking after the kids, maybe it's going to work, maybe it's doing the shopping, maybe it's doing all sorts of things, maybe it is in business or in other realms of life, whatever realm it is, if we consecrate ourselves to the Lord in that area and ask the Lord to anoint it, Ask the Lord to anoint it. His anointing brings breakthrough. His anointing breaks the yoke of slavery and working and hard work. And it's, oh, I'm bored with this. I'm bored with this. Ask the anointing of the Lord to fall on you and break that yoke of boredom off your life. Because the anointing stirs something fresh, doesn't it? It's, it's the presence of God. It's Him personified, isn't it? It's, it's Him. He's drawing close. So if you're getting bored in life, ask for His anointing to break the yoke of boredom. 
and just that whatever that is over your life because his anointing is him. And when he comes and touches our lives, he brings something fresh. He brings something fresh. If you're a vacuum cleaner, you'll love vacuum cleaning. I mean, if you're a person who vacuum cleans. I don't mean if you're a hoover. But... Okay, all my other examples are going to go out of the window now because you know what I mean, don't you? When we consecrate that area that he's given us, because all of us can get really frustrated in life. We look at someone else, oh, they're being promoted. They've got this, they've got this, they've got that. I haven't got this. That is the voice of the enemy. It's never the voice of the Lord. He doesn't speak like that. He doesn't compete. He doesn't compare. He doesn't try and make you feel bad about what you're doing in life. He actually wants to bring life more abundantly. So he wants you to hear today that your life counts. Your life counts. I get a feeling that a couple of you have even been questioning, does my life count? I want to tell you today your life counts. Your life counts. If you just consecrate what little area of your life you have to him, watch what he does with it. Watch what he does with it. Young and old, it's the same for all of us because he wants people who are anointed like Daniel to be solution people to this realm around us, to the streets around us, to in little areas and in big areas. I think it's funny because as a pastor's kid, you become a prophet magnet. And Karen said this over the years and uh, you know, any time anyone with, you know, even a whisper of a prophetic gift would come to the church, um, you know, somehow they would find their way to the pastor's kids and prophesy over the pastor's kids. And so after a while, it's like, hmm, I've heard that one. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. And, um, and so you can get rather blasé even with Prophetic, because it's just like, yeah, okay, um, and you love it, and I oh, don't mean to be sarcastic, but there's sometimes, there's sometimes that we have to recall that stuff. We have to recall that stuff, and it's at times like that where we realize, and maybe if you've never had a prophetic word, hey, you can bring it on. We can prophesy over you or whatever you want, but God wants to speak to you. And if he's never spoken to you in a way with the things you can hold on to, begin asking him. Begin asking him because you can hold on to those things. You can hold on to those things. And some of you have been doubting those things. You've been doubting those things that he spoke to you. I want to remind you today that he is in charge and you're not. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that nice? He's in charge. He's got his hand on your life. He wants to do great things in your life. Just like he did with Daniel. It doesn't have to look the same as Daniel. I used to compete with guys in Scripture. I'd read about them and by the time, you know, Daniel was 25, he's done this. Or Joseph, like 18, he's done this. And Jesus is 30. I remember hitting 30. I'm like, hang on, I haven't done anything yet. And 33, I'm like, hang on, am I dying here? And so it's, it's, I've been a competitive person all my life. But he doesn't want that. He wants you the way you are. He wants me the way I am, consecrated and anointed so that we can transform things. Maybe even start with transforming conversations. People are going downhill, you bring it up. People are getting negative, you bring it up here. And you don't settle for negative. We, 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 we don't like negative talk. It's one of those things that we've set ourselves, whether it be at home or, uh, you know, we journey through conversations ourselves and sometimes we have to 
make comments on things that we're chewing through. But when it, if it becomes negative, we shut each other down and we say, no, we can't go there. And it's an area of our life in the last decade we've made sure. And we make sure that people around us don't do that. I would encourage that. If you have anyone who likes to talk negatively, be the prophetic person in the room who changes the atmosphere. Believe me, they'll, they'll, that you'll, you'll be a reformer in that moment, which means they'll know what you're getting, but they won't necessarily appreciate it. And in a couple of weeks, they'll come back and say, I'm so glad you did that. I wish someone slapped me six years ago out of my negativity. That's what reformation looks like in a conversation. It can be really simple, really easy. But when we consecrate and then we ask the Lord for his anointing, we become people who transform. We don't just conform because conforming to our culture can only get us so far. It helps us speak the language. It helps us not have so many barriers to our community. I mean, if we all wear robes and chant things in Latin and all that sort of stuff, which is fine if people want to do that, I don't think many of you would come this morning if I did that. You might come just to have a good laugh. But ultimately, we want to be able to translate our message to our culture in a relevant way, in a comfortable way. However, not lose the anointing. The anointing, because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's his anointing that gets hold of someone's heart, reveals the truth to them in the gospel, and they become born again. It's his presence, isn't it? And so maybe if you've got a bit dry or even bored or in your area of influence with family or work or study or whatever it might be, ask the Lord for a fresh consecration. Go deep in him. Go deep in him. That's what... Daniel did here. He said to the king, please just give me some time. And he didn't necessarily say this, but I'm going to go and try and find your solution. And he went straight into that prayer closet. He went straight into that place with the Lord and the Lord gave him a night vision. And some of us, I believe, have opportunities waiting at our hand for us just to go into that place, consecrating ourselves to the Lord, where he will give us our night vision. Now, maybe it's not a night vision. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it is something like that. Or maybe it's something from Scripture that he'll bring out. Or just a sense from the Lord that he'll speak into your spirit and you'll write it down. He is waiting to speak, I believe, to his people. He's waiting to speak to us. He's waiting to give us confirmation. He's waiting to give us direction. But consecration is a key to transformation. Let's stand this morning. Lord, we thank you that you're here with us this morning. We thank you that you are a God that wants your kids, us, to be transformers. People who have power, eloquence, skill. And Lord, that we can speak into this culture and into this atmosphere of even this city. Lord, I pray this morning for some of us who have doubted, who have questioned or have even got bored. Lord, I pray that you would break all of those shackles off us in Jesus' name and that you would release your truth and your hope and your destiny over us today to see bigger things, bigger things, bigger things. I want to encourage you today, and I believe it's with a, a, a bit of his anointing on it. Think bigger. Think bigger than your little circumstances. Think bigger than your little relationships. Dream a little bit bigger. Take your faith into a realm that you can't naturally take hold of because that's what he wants to do. 
Dream a little bit bigger. Think a little bit bigger. And then consecrate yourself and ask for His anointing upon that. And Lord, I pray today that your fresh anointing would come into this place, would touch each one of us. Lord, for those things that you've got ahead of us, those things that you've called us to, we pray, Lord, that as a consecrated people to you, your fresh anointing.